Starting October 4th, get ready for the exclusive new stories, Short Treks. Are you freaking kidding me? Four short stories that delve deeper into the Star Trek Discovery universe. Short Treks, starting October 4th on CBS All Access. Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you're listening, or about to listen to another episode of Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. Been a very long time since I've done a, I think, an, a regular show, kind of, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, this week, we're going to cover, oh, by the way, it's show 702 for October 14, 2018. This week, we're going to cover, I'm going to cover for you, uh, I'm going to cover the first two episodes of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, this uh, show, uh, of course, has aired season one now on CBS All Access. At least in the U.S., it's CBS All Access. and other places, it's Netflix and other things. But it's been a while since it finished season one. So I thought we could start covering some of the episodes of season one as we head towards season two, which is going to start in January. Uh, what you heard at the very beginning is they are, they're also doing these short treks, they're calling them. Uh, I think the first one that I watched with Tilly uh, called Runaway, uh, that one, it's about a week ago it came out, I think. The... Um, I think was the running time about 15 minutes, I think. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that without any spoilers in, in a few minutes. But but we're going to co- cover the first two episodes of Discovery with a few clips and a few comments from me, a few other things going on. It's been a while, like I said, since I've done a show uh, like this. Uh, and thanks to Jeff for his guest spot last week, uh, talking about the Ferengi maraudership and other things. And uh, yeah, a lot of things going on in the world of geekdom. So let's do this. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of Borg. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's drink flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Rico, and you're listening to Tracks and Sci-Fi. Again, folks, welcome to the show. Welcome to Trucks and Sci-Fi. I am Rico, your host. Maybe you're listening for the very first time to Trucks and Sci-Fi. Welcome. Although uh, I think after a while people settle into these podcasts uh, that they listen to and you you see a a show like mine that's been around for, wow, over 13 years, over 700 episodes, and maybe you don't want to jump in. It's kind of like jumping into a run of comics, you know, that's got a number 600 on it or something. But I say just jump in, whatever. (laughs) So what has been going on? What's been going on in the world of, of uh, comics and, and sci-fi and fantasy? Well, television has sort of restarted. Uh, most shows are, are either come, have come back. Uh, quite, well, a few have come back. Some are still coming back this week, still coming back in the, in the upcoming weeks. Uh, what have I been watching? Let's, let's go through some um, just a few little things. Uh, I started to watch this new Manifest show, which I guess is sort of a sci-fi element maybe to it. It's the one about the airplane that comes back after five years, five and a half years after it, it took off. Um, it's interesting. I'm not totally hooked yet. Uh, I, I mean, people, a lot of people have been saying, hey, I got hoodwinked by Lost. I don't want to get hoodwinked again by a show. Uh, I, I understand that. Uh, I'm going to probably stay with it for now for a little bit. Um mainly because so far there isn't a lot of new th- new shows that I'm watching. Uh, so th- so that's it's been okay. There's, I think, been three or four episodes. And um, 
let's see the flash came back which was great uh this tonight they've moved they've moved the cw shows around and i'm not happy about that <laughs> see uh all the all the comic book shows they've moved their their schedule uh supergirl used to be on on monday now it's on sunday arrow used to be on wednesday now it's on monday flash they stuck kept on tuesday so that that's consistent and the legends of tomorrow has not come back yet i'm not sure what day that's going to be on probably wednesday I think, because Wednesday's got an opening. Or no, Riverdale, I think, is on, on Wednesday. Maybe it'll be air after Riverdale or something. Which, Riverdale is a fun show, although I'm behind on it. I'm just starting, not just starting, but I'm only into about season two, maybe episode nine or something, or eight. Um, so, yeah, so so that's what I've been watching. Uh, let's see, I, I don't know, Big Bang Theory came back. Of course, I'm watching that. Um not a lot. Uh, SEAL Team, which is not sci-fi, I enjoy. Oh, oh, of um, The Gifted came back also, which is the mutant X-Men kind of show, which is really good. Uh, had a really strong, I thought, first season. And this season so far has been pretty good, although, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not really feeling it quite as much as I did with season one. They've kind of split up the group, and I, I'm hoping that doesn't go on for the whole season. So, Anyway, um, so that's television. That's a brief rundown. There's a lot of stuff on Netflix. I, I, I'm getting into season two of Iron Fist, which uh, I just heard they're not going to do a season three, which is disappointing. I finished Luke Cage season two, which was eh, okay. Jessica Jones I finished a while ago for season two. Uh, you know, these Marvel comic book shows on Netflix. Uh, I think I've mentioned before this really cool VR virtual reality kind of show uh called kiss me first on netflix check that out uh if you get a chance i'm about episode five or six it's it's done i think it was done in great britain uh most of the people are english in the show anyway it it sort of has a ready player one feel to it um that's a cool show uh reading a lot of comics uh and i went out to the movies actually last night for it seems like it's been a while um I think I saw that skyscraper movie last with with The Rock, uh, but and I never saw Predator, The Predator, or whatever it was called. Um, I just was busy at the time. I was traveling a bit, and it just kind of looked. I I don't think you should make a Predator movie uh, jokey. I I really I I mean a little bit maybe, but I don't know. I guess the original with Arnold was was kind of jokey too when you think about it. Although maybe that's just being having Arnold in it does that. So um, so I missed that. But I did just go see last night. I went to see Venom, which I was not super thrilled to see. For one, they've changed, obviously, the story from the comic quite a bit. Um, and, it, and it just looked a little, I don't know, the trailers didn't do a lot for me. But it was playing at my local little movie theater, which I try to support, the Milford Cinema here in uh, near me, a couple miles away down the road in Michigan. So I went last night, and, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. This movie, I was hearing, you know, critic critics were kind of giving it a very low grade. Like, uh, you know, Entertainment Weekly, it got a C grade. They do, like, letter grades, like uh, grades in school. I think I got a C plus maybe. Um, most movie critics said it, movie critics said it was not very good. Uh, although user reviews, if you, if you you know if you if you frequent places like Rotten Tomatoes, you know they give you the movie official movie critic reviews and then the and then the public's reviews, right? And and there was a pretty big difference for this one. Public reviews seemed to be pretty darn good. The the critics reviews were were very average to poor. So I, I think I fall in between, uh, being a big comic book fan and comic book guy, and I love the Marvel films. And th- this is uh, Marvel produced, I guess. I, I, it's so hard for me. It, you know, it, it was a Sony movie, um, it, so it, so it's not done by the Disney Marvel machine. You know, that puts out all the Avengers movies and Cap and Guardians of the Galaxy and all that stuff. It's in a different sort of universe. Let's say there's no real. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's no real crossover to that universe in the movie. It's a separate thing, uh, which can be okay if you do a good job. But um, so, you know, it stars stars Tom Hardy as uh, Eddie Brock. uh, And, you know, Tom Hardy has got a good rep, and I think he's done a lot of good work. So that's a plus. Uh, And I thought he was pretty good. He's a little goofy in the role. He tends to do these 
certain voices in movies and, and that. And, and, you know, he's, he really gets into his roles, which is good, but I, I, I don't, I think sometimes it comes off a little bit weird. Um, to me, at least, uh, again, all my opinions are my own, uh, that, that goes without saying, I guess, but it, it was good though. I thought, uh, it was pretty, pretty good. It was better than I had thought it would be, and I'm glad that I went to see it. Uh, the action and effects looked pretty good. Uh, I think the, they, they handled the character of Venom fairly well. Um, the, they, the, he gets treated, you can tell this from the previews, almost like a separate entity. Um, it's not quite exactly the way it was, ha- again, handled in the comics, but I'm, I'm not a big stickler for, I mean, I'm fine with you diverging from the source material. If you, again, if you do a good job, or at least in my opinion, if it's entertaining. So, uh, but, um, but yeah, I'm glad that I saw it. Uh, and if you're a comic book fan, if it looks interesting to you, I wouldn't let the bad reviews put you off. Uh, other thing I'll say about it is the, there are two, there are two credit scenes. I didn't know if there were, and I kind of hung around other people were, cause it's not an official, like Disney Marvel movie. Uh, there is one about midway, and then there's a little a sequence at the very at the very end. And the little thing at the end, I'll just warn you guys, is definitely worth staying for. It's it's it, it's bigger and better and more than you'd expect. Uh, so stay till the end of the credits. And I don't want to give anything away, but uh, that was pretty cool at the end credits. Um, probably one of the best end credit scenes I'd say I've seen. Uh, you know, uh, post credit scenes I've seen. Usually they're very quick. This, this one's a longer one, and it and it's worth hanging around for. At least I thought so. So, uh, yeah, that's Venom. What else uh, did I want to talk about? Oh, we're going to talk uh, – I'll talk a little briefly about the Short Trek Runaways as we segue into talking about these first two episodes of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, so they, they've put out a couple of trailers for Season 2, of course, for Discovery, which is looking great, more, more you know, fantastic each time I see stuff. And we don't have that long to wait, really. I, I, I'm very happy with the turnaround that they that we're getting season two already in January starting. That's not too bad, really, for, uh, you know, they really got back on this. And, you know, I, I get a little disappointed and a little bothered by the fact, like, uh, well, Doctor Who came back, by the way. Um, uh, and this, this has sort of got a connected thing here because of the delay. And I know they, they have a new doctor now. They have Jodie Whittaker. Um, which, who was fantastic. I saw the first episode and there's a new episode tonight, um, this episode two, and she was great as the new, new doctor, but what was it a year and a something year and a half? I don't know. Since the last episode of the doctor, uh, you know, with, uh, the last doctor. So I, it's just kind of like, uh, too long of a wait. And game of Thrones is just absurd. The, the wait and, and and they'll say stuff like oh these are big episodes and they take all this post production and I'm like how you know Star Trek Discovery's got a lot of effects got a lot of post production and they managed to do it so and I know they do a lot more location stuff with Game of Thrones but that's filming so I I don't know I I feel that HBO is sort of like milking it somewhat in in a way. Uh, other shows have done this. Mad Men did it at the end. Uh, Breaking Bad even kind of did it at the end where they spread things out, spread out these seasons. I mean, it's what is it going to be, eight episodes when it comes back or six Game of Thrones? So uh, the point is that I'm really happy we're getting Discovery Season 2 starting in January. That's great. In the meantime, they're releasing about one a month, uh, these uh, short treks, they're calling them, uh, which are about approximately 15 minutes mini episodes don't expect a huge thing you know don't expect like some big major revelation or or an amazing episode i read a few people's comments online and said like meh and i'm like well what what you know i thought it was a cool little short the first one was pretty cool called runaway uh with um, basically tilly and uh as you could probably guess sort of a runaway stowaway kind of on, on discovery so it's it's fun it, and and it's cool. I like seeing different things like this. I like seeing different um, avenues for stuff like this. You know, that's why I read comics for Star Trek and Star Wars. That's why I, I, I like I like it when they mix things up a bit and try new things. And uh, the new, by the way, new another new thing, Star Wars Resistance has started this new animated series. 
and it's got a little different animation style. Uh, the, the characters from Rebels are not in it. This is a new thing, and this is set um, sort of, I guess, a little prior to The Force Awakens, roughly. Uh, I don't know the time frame exactly. I've only watched the first two episodes so far. It's a little more kid-oriented than Rebels, but I wouldn't say overly so. It's still fun to watch. I, I liked it quite a bit, and I will continue to watch that. So, But back to the uh, short trek with Tilly. Uh, I feel the, the only thing I'll say about it is I feel like that uh, CBS All Access is kind of messing with us. Spreading these out like this is a little is a little rough. I mean, they they do have a new kind of Halloween show type of thing, uh, fairy tale kind of a show starting on October. Uh, so the, they are starting to add co- new content. Uh, so that there is you know you you're spending your five ninety nine a month or whatever. Um, so uh, Discovery, you know, putting these episodes out. I you know I guess you have to be a big Star Trek fan to be subscribed now. Uh, but there is this cool, and I can't remember the name of it. A couple of people from Vampire Diaries are in this new show that's going to be on CBS All Access uh, starting on Halloween. And maybe when I take a break here, I'll, I'll try to look up the name of it. You can find it. Paul Wesley is one of the, the actors that's going to be in this new show. Looks pretty cool. Um, oh, there was another thing that just popped into my head that I wanted to talk about. Oh, Titans. Yes. So uh, DC Universe, the DC uh, the DC uh, comic book streaming uh, app kind of a thing, kind of like CBS All Access. All these extra little add-ons now, right? So for, and I pre-ordered this when they're having this sale, so you got like 15 months for half off or something. So it's not too much per month. I think it was 4 or $5 per month it added up to. Uh, but the new uh, live-action Titans show, this is a show with, you know, with Robin, Dick Grayson, um, we we have some of the the you know from the animated show that you've seen like Beast Boy and 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 uh, Starfire and uh, why am I blanking out on the 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 girl with the purple hair and stuff or dark cloak I can't blank out on her, her name Raven uh, sorry uh, although that she you know the first pilot episode none of these characters really quite except for maybe Robin has has a name yet. Um, but, um, I liked it. it. It's, um, it's very adult. It's very violent. There's a little language. Um, there, there's the, in the trailer, you know, it, it comes out. Robin's not really happy with Batman. So he's, he's left. He's a detective in Detroit, which makes it fun for me since I'm from Detroit. And yeah, I, I enjoyed the first episode. So, uh, so check out that you got to, of course, subscribe to the DC universe app, which gives you access to, um, shows in their catalog things like the old wonder woman tv show some of the superman movies and comics as well too and they're going to be doing uh ongoing new content uh both animated and live action they're doing a live action swamp thing series and they're kind of spreading it out over the years so unlike star trek discovery uh dc universe has sort of planned it out better to hopefully have ongoing new content to keep people subscribed which is of course the smart play that's what you want right uh, so, and I'm almost 20 minutes into this podcast, so I think we're going to have to get into these discovery episodes now, but a ton, I guess, to talk about. I didn't quite realize it when I got going here today. A lot of new things. Uh, I haven't nearly talked about them all or, or a lot, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, we're in the fall season, you know, Halloween's a couple of weeks away. So it's, it's, it's that time where everyone's kind of settling in for, uh, for fall and winter, and if you're a sports person, football's well and swinging and uh, well underway. So, a lot of uh, content to 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 try to keep up with. Almost impossible to keep up. It's. Uh, I wish I had some. I always. I've said many times. I wish I had some of this content. You know, 20 years ago. Uh, it, it, it's just. Uh, it, it's really crazy. Almost how much there is out there now. So, okay, a quick break, and I'll be back. We'll, then we'll get into talking about the two, uh, the first two episodes, which sort of forms a pilot for Star Trek Discovery. So I felt, felt like I should cover them both uh, here on Treks and Sci-Fi. I'll be right back. When you're not listening to Treks and Sci-Fi and our friend Rico, please listen to the Anomaly Podcast. You can find us online at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com.
All right, Star Trek Discovery, uh, and here is your uh, spoiler warning. If you have not seen Star Trek Discovery, well, you should, because it's uh, the first season is really, really good. Super, super solid, and probably one of the best first seasons, to, in my opinion, that a Star Trek series has ever done. Uh, you know, it just, they really pulled out all the stops. It's um, It's well worth watching, so... Don't worry about the little, you know, you, you can watch it all. Spend $5.99 and watch all the episodes. It's coming out also on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. Is it this month or next month? I forget, but that's also another option if you don't, if you feel like, no, I'm not going to pay for the streaming service. You can, actually, it's cheaper. You won't own it, but if you if you just, you know, subscribe for a month to CBS All Access, you can watch the entire first season. So there's my plug for that. Um but uh, so the first two episodes of Star Trek Discovery. So again, spoiler warning: I am going to cover these and talk about uh, some details. The uh, they they formed kind of again this pilot episode, uh, kind of a big run in with the Klingons. Basically, is what happens, and uh, we get introduced to all the characters. Of course, the main characters of the show, uh, for the most part. Although there are a few we don't see too much of. Um, Actually, that's yeah. There are there are a couple of key characters you don't really see in these first two episodes. So, um, but the 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 basics of this series is, and I, I don't know how much I need to say about all this stuff. So, so this series, the time frame of this series, and it is a. I don't care who it is out there who wants to disagree with me. This this series is a prime universe Star Trek series. It's as simple as that. Uh, for me, for many reasons. This this is what this show is, you know. Is oh sorry, say it too many times. Uh, it it is not the Kelvin or movie universe. Yes, things look different. Uh, yes, tech and things look different. They have holograms and 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 the, the things look snazzier and more modern. But uh, it is set in a time frame approximately of ten years before the original Star Trek series. But there are things happening now or going to be happening in season two and I and as the time goes forward to sort of bridge that gap and give you reasons the basic one I've always felt and, and the reason these things look different is they're 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 setting it in that period with the the, the things that have happened and the storylines and the characters but they've modernized it they've changed the look of things a bit to for a modern audience that doesn't mean uh that doesn't change where they're trying to you know the time frame they're trying to set it in uh, so let's 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 move on from there. But um, so that is the the setting of this. Uh, it starts out actually uh, not on the the discovery, uh, but it starts out on the Shenzhou, uh, Shenzhou, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Under Captain Giorgio, uh, say that a few times fast. Uh, Chenzhou, I think is how you say it. So uh, Shenzhou, whatever. Uh, <laughs> that's the ship they're on. Uh, we have Captain uh, Philippa Giorgio, Giorgio. And her her first officer, Captain, or sorry, Captain Commander Michael Burnham, and we meet Saru and, and some others. Uh, but um, okay, so episode one of this series, let's give you a little bit of basic background here. It uh, first aired on September twenty fourth, twenty seventeen. It's uh, there are fifteen episodes uh, in season one, so it's the first of fifteen. The teleplay for this one is by Brian Fuller and Akiva Goldsman. Uh, story by Brian Fuller and Alex Kurtzman, and directed by by uh, David Semmel. Um, the uh, Brian Fuller was heavily uh, hooked into and involved in Star Trek Discovery at the beginning, but he eventually left. Um, pretty much I don't know at what point where they were in the in the series development or whatever but uh, he I think the the this the main story or the main uh, reasoning from that I heard was that he he felt like he couldn't devote enough time to it uh, he has a lot of projects I think so um, so that that left it into um, a, a group of other executive type producers and writers. Uh, this Gretchen Berg, uh, Aaron Roberts, Robert Roberts, is that how he says? I think that's his last name. Who are both gone actually now uh, after season one. Uh, 
and Alex Kurtzman also has been involved in this show. And Alex, Kurt, Alex Kurtzman is now basically take, taken over control of the show for the most part. They have another executive, uh, a woman I saw who, who was with uh, the group of them out at, uh, and I can never remember her name, sorry, uh, that I saw out at San Diego Comic-Con that was at the big uh, press panel there and at the uh, big panel that they had in the main hall uh, in Hall H. So... Uh, so the so that's the background. Basically, you have, um, and I don't know how much I need to talk about the characters themselves if you don't know, uh, but um, the, the basics of of the first pilot, the first two episodes are um, a meeting up of the Klingons uh, uh, and and first encountering um, Giorgio and her ship in Burnham on the Shenzo and. Uh, and things don't go very well. Let's just put it that way. Um, you know, I think the, ca- the the character of Michael Burnham, being this human that that grew up on Vulcan, um, is is very. I think the actress uh, Suniqua Martin Green is uh, fantastic. I think she's amazing. Uh, they they put her in this spot and made her also the adopted like half sister or whatever you want to call it of Spock. Um, where she grew up with Sarek, and, and I've all, I still do feel that that was sort of shoehorned in a bit. It, it, like she could have had dealings with Spock and Sarek and not necessarily been part of their family. It, it feels a little forced somewhat, but I but I've come to it. I've accepted it, and and it does make some interesting things. Um, does make for some interesting things in this, and it certainly seems to be figuring or a big part of the second season. So I'm going to try to run through real briefly the the basic story, uh, plot, or whatever you want to call it, of uh, the first two episodes. So the first one called The Vulcan Hello, which is a cool name for an episode to begin with, um, starts out with uh, with Burnham and Giorgio on, on this planet, kind of desert-like, that was filmed actually in Jordan. And they're walking around, and they're they're there to help this this little race of creatures out, and basically get some water available to them. And and uh, but there you you get to you get introduced to these two characters, and you can see that they're very comfortable with each other. It's sort of like a almost like a mother daughter relationship. Uh, Giorgio has been kind of a mentor to Michael Burnham for about I think it's been about what seven years at this point that they've been together. Uh, and uh, the, there's a real strong bond between them, which is really important to point out because it, it, it really makes what happens in the, these first two episodes more uh, poignant and more critical uh, in a way. So um, I've captured about seven or so clips of, um, uh, of audio and things, so I'm going to try to slide these in when I can here. So, so they're... Uh, they're on this planet, and then there's a cool scene where they they have uh, they lost communication with the ship, but they walked around and made the Delta Shield kind of Starfleet insignia thing, and then uh, the ship was able to spot them and find them, and beam them out of there. So so that's kind of a nice little opening, I thought. Uh, then um, then we move into um, they pick up this uh, signal, this long range signal, and it's some kind of a weird. There's a weird distortion field out there, and there's a bunch of asteroids, and it's hard to pick it out. So um, Burnham and, the, and, and wants to investigate. Um, Saru uh, is this Kelpian who's very—he's he, basically chicken and afraid of everything because his his um, his species are. Uh, I, mean, I guess we're going to learn more about his species in season two, but his species are are prey for this predator, you know, whatever situation on his his home world. So. Uh, Although one thing I've always wondered about that is, is how, how does a, a prey species, you know, or that gets preyed upon, evolve and develop into the kind of, you know, uh, technologically advanced and, and intelligent, whatever. I mean, wouldn't they just get wiped out, kind of, you know, when you think about it? I, I, I mean, the most highly intelligent people on Earth are, are humans. We're not prey for anyone, really, uh, here on Earth, right? So I, I, I don't know. Well, I get, I guess, I guess you could understand. I mean, there's a lot of animals in the world that are, some are prey to others and they still develop their own little, um, whatever you want to say, a, uh, not a society, but they, they, they develop their own little way of living. So, 
enough about Saru and his Kelpian folks. <laughs> All right, let's play. Um, so they, they, they pick up this signal out there. And, of course, Burnham wants to investigate. And there's a nice little speech between the, the, the captain, Burnham, and, and Saru about this, uh, about going out there and checking this out using, like, an EV suit um, and, and going out there. So this is the first clip I'm going to play for you right now. I'll be back in 19. A flyby. It seems a waste of the ship's resources. What will be gained? You do understand that being afraid of everything means you learn nothing. There's no opportunity to discover, to explore. And here I thought we were doing a deep space communication relay audit. You're both right. Saru, go with her. Captain. Captain. That's to keep variables to a minimum. I wouldn't want to put my colleague at risk. And you, Mr. Saru, are you equally happy not to be put at risk? Oh, on any occasion, Captain. You realize, once you reach that scattering field, you could be cut off from all communication. We've come all this way, Captain. It would be irresponsible to leave whatever that is unknown. Just a flyby. Just a flyby. Commencing airlock depressurization sequence. Commander Burnham, this is Ensign Dan B. Connor. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that clip. I think there's a lot of very Star Trek. You know, people have said sometimes I've heard people comment. You know, Star Trek Discovery is not Star Trek, and there is so much Star Trek in this show, and so much Star Trek um, way of speaking and talking about exploring and uh, strange new worlds and Starfleet principles, and I, it's just like it's overflowing. I, I don't know what these people are talking about. <laughs> I just don't. So. Um, Again, uh, spoiler warning, but I, I don't know why I don't shouldn't need to keep saying that. But uh, so Burnham goes out there and and discovers that it's a um, like a like an advanced Klingon scout slash small little thing vessel ship whatever it is probe. Uh, but um, and she runs into a Klingon and she he tries to smack her with his batlith batlith and uh, she accidentally accidentally kills him. By trying to defend herself, she kind of pushes him, and he gets stabbed through with it, uh, which is like, that's pretty lame for a Klingon when you think about it. But anyway, so she accidentally kills him. She ends up making it back to Discovery. She's kind of messed up from radiation and things being out there too long. Uh, and the uh, the next clip that I have for you, uh, the sensor logs on her, on her EV suit are all messed up, so she makes her way up to the bridge uh, in this next clip, and she tries to tell the captain that, you know, there's Klingons out here, and we got to prepare and get out of here or do something. So uh, that's what the next one is for you here. Number one, you should be in sickbay. Have they made contact? Who's they? There are Klingons out there. We need to go to red alert. Michael? Almost no one has seen a Klingon in a hundred years. I have. One attacked me on that object. Check my helmet cam. The footage was corrupted. Internal sensors show that the commander has entered the bridge in an irradiated state. Without immediate treatment, her condition will most certainly be terminal. He was warrior cast. His, his EV suit bore a Klingon house in Sydney. She also has a grade three concussion. I am not delusional. This has nothing to do with a concussion. Philippa. There are Klingons. Tell me what happened. He ambushed me. I hit my thruster pack to get away. I somehow knocked him into his blade. I killed him. But that object could be hiding a Klingon raiding party obscured behind that scattering field. If there are Klingons in the sector, they may be responsible for the damage to our relay. Okay, so... So... You know, Giorgio is a very, uh, I like her as a captain. She's very, um, she plays kind of uh, with her crew a little. She's very well liked, uh, and she's also very intelligent. She's also very principled when it comes to Starfleet and all that. And um, so what, what ends up happening here is Burnham has some experience with the Klingons. Her big experience, the, the you know, that, that connects all this sort of together in a way is the fact that a Klingon attack years back, years ago when she was a child, killed her parents. And so she has, you know, people think, uh, 
And I think she does a little bit. She has some built-in sort of animosity against the Klingons, you know, to a degree. Uh, you know, her her parents died because of them. So that, it makes sense. So people start to think that she's, she's a little hot-headed when it comes to the Klingons, even though Starfleet hasn't really had money real direct runs in with them for a very long time. Uh, and the, you know, what she ends up trying to con- convince Giorgio of is after, she, after Burnham talks to Sarek, she says, you, you know, Klingons uh, live for war, live for battle, and it, it, they respect you if you basically punch them in the face first. You, you shoot first, you hit them, even if you're outmatched, outgunned, if you show them that you're not afraid, if, if, you, if you do what is come to known in this episode as the Vulcan hello, which is how the Vulcans dealt, eventually dealt with the Klingons, was they'd shoot first. And for the Vulcans to do that, you know that you know, they're, they're pretty pacifist-like, and if they're shooting first, they learn quickly with dealing with the Klingons that the Klingons respect somebody coming up and basically smacking them in the head. So... Burnham tries to convince um, Burnham tries to convince her captain of that. Of course, Giorgio is not really, you know, not really a, a fan of that idea, and and things happen then. But this next clip for you is, uh, I think this is between, yeah, this is between uh, Sark, uh, who she contacts, uh, between Burnham and Sark about how learn trying to learn how the the Klingons sorry the Vulcans and the Klingons how they interacted and how that worked out what have you done out there on the edge of Federation space we've encountered the Klingons how rare to meet one's own demons in the flesh I killed one in light of the fact that they killed your parents some might think that only fair however if a death was necessary. I am satisfied it was not yours. I'm most certain you did not call me for emotional sauce. We're facing off. No fire has been exchanged, but they didn't turn on that beacon until Starfleet was on its way to our position. I think they're summoning more of their kind. An odd proposition, given that their empire has been in disarray for generations. But you are describing something out of the ordinary. Restraint in the face of conflict when a civilization acts in opposition to its instincts, maybe under the influence of something or someone new. Great unifiers, few and far between, but they do come. Often such leaders will need a profound cause for their followers to rally around. A war. Be very careful that your assumptions are not being driven by your past. This isn't about what happened. Zarek, it's what's happening now. How did the Vulcans achieve diplomatic relations with the Klingons? That is a solution particular to us. One cannot assume it would work on a ship commanded by humans. Zarek, please. I caution you. Be considered with how you use this information. You cannot save lives that have already been lost. Tell me, how did you keep the Klingons? At bay. Engineering, report. Internal damage negative. Core is 100%. Captain, we have to fire on them. Hit that ship with everything we've got. Absolutely not. They have empowered weapons. They don't appear to pose an imminent threat. The Klingon threat is always imminent and inevitable. Tactical logs, Ray. Thank you, Mr. Gant. I'd like to remind you we're wildly outgunned. 240 years ago, near Hatoria, a Vulcan ship crossed into Klingon space. The Klingons attacked immediately. They destroyed the vessel. Vulcans don't make the same mistake twice. From then on, until formal relations were established, whenever the Vulcans crossed paths with Klingons, the Vulcans fired first. They said hello in a language the Klingons understood. Violence brought respect. Respect brought peace. Captain, we have to give the Klingons a Vulcan hello. If their intention is to attack, falling up our fists won't dissuade them. All right, so even though um, even though Burnham thinks this is the best thing to do, again, um, her captain, uh, Captain Giorgio, won't go for it. So <laughs> Burnham Vulcan nerve pinches her and tries to basically take over 
the ship and tries to get them to attack the Klingon uh, ship first. She gets uh, stopped, and that doesn't happen. And then the next thing you know, they're they're basically fighting, and the Klingons shoot first. There's there's a, a mass of Klingon ships that come in, one for each of the uh, the houses. I, I I should actually uh, at this point tell you I, I forgot to say, um, the the episode now we're, we're now we're into basically the battle at the binary battle at the binary stars episode because again the first two episodes there, there's no real time lag it's basically one ends and the next one starts so they could have been all pushed into one um one long pilot episode uh i i should say also that this is a very unique uh in, in a way episode is that they they split it up most of the first episodes of other previous star trek series if you think back, had been more extended, long kind of movie length um, features. They did that. They did that for for pretty much all of them. You know, they did that for Next Gen. They did that for Deep Space Nine. They did it for Enterprise, Voyager. So, and and it's interesting to me. And maybe it's because of the CBS All Access thing. I don't know. Uh, but it's interesting to me that they decided to separate these two and not just release them as one. Um, you know, one long thing, one long movie. Um, I think I'm trying to remember back, but I think part of it, the way it went down was that they put the Vulcan hello. Yeah. The Vulcan hello. That's right. CBS aired that on regular television without having to have CBS all access. So they sucked you in and they kind of ended in a cliffhanger when, when the, the, you know, the, you know, the, both Starfleet and Klingons were about to go at it. And then if you wanted to watch the next episode, uh, the rest, you had to subscribe to CBS All Access, right? So, yeah. So, um, so next. So now we're into, like I said, we're into Battle at, binary, at the Binary Stars. This episode, um, you were able to see this um, also on the 24th of September 2017. Uh, this one's directed by Adam Kane. Uh, teleplay by Gretchen Berg and Aaron Harberts, and story by Brian Fuller. So now, now the we the, I should talk about a little bit about Tukovma, who is this um, trying to lead and 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 form an alliance between all the twenty four Vulcan houses. Um, that's very important, and the. Um, both Burnham again, Burnham figures out this, and I think that's the first clip that I have. She talks to, um, she talks to, uh, Giorgio and others about this and, and says, because there are, I think it's 24 Klingon ships that come in, plus there's that really big one, right? That's a separate ship, that sleeper ship thing. Anyway, um, the, uh, it's, it's pretty clear to Burnham what's going on here that, that somehow there there's some kind of Klingon alliance, you know. Point being is that Starfleet, you know, the reason they probably haven't had to worry too much about the Klingons for a long time and haven't heard much from them is there's a lot of in-house fighting going on uh, going on amongst the different Klingon houses, and that's kept them kind of internally busy and and their their own. Um, Empire was kind of in in a mess, and and you you don't really go out and fight other guys when your own house is kind of messed up. The only way to take on uh, the Federation and Starfleet in that would be to u- unify themselves, unify um, under one um, person or something. So that's what the Klingons, that's what Tukovim is kind of trying to do here. And this is Burnham talking about that to um, uh, Giorgio. Twenty four, Captain. The Klingon High Council consists of 24 houses. That can't be a coincidence. The number of ships. It suggests that someone is attempting to unify the Empire again. Against us. Commander Burnham, you have endangered your vessel and your shipmates. You have attacked a superior officer. You violated the chain of command. You are relieved of duty. Security, remind her to the brig. Yes, Captain. 
So it's, yeah, so the battle starts, Starfleet's getting pretty pounded, uh, and, you know, they're, they're not really quite ready for this, and then Klingon, the Klingons have about gun pretty good. Ships start to get destroyed, uh, the Shenzhou, uh, Shenzhou gets damaged pretty poor, pretty badly, some of the bridge crew get hurt, uh, and, you know, the, the good old consoles that sparks fly and explode around, um, um, you know, around them. I always think that uh, Starfleet and Star Trek needs to just invest in a lot of good circuit breaker equipment, because, because really that just would not happen. You know what I you know what I mean? You get you get blasted. There'd be there'd be holes and things in ship, but you wouldn't get all the overloads. They, I mean, I know it's dramatic and it looks cool on television and in movies, but it just really probably wouldn't happen as much as it happens. There's always sparks flying. You know, poof, sparks fly. Poof, sparks fly. They get hit by a, a blast of phasers, and even if the shields are still up, sparks fly. Um, put in some good overload protection because because it's it works. I mean, really, there's there's uh anyway. I'm I'm just kidding around right now a little bit, but kind of serious too. I think they need to get away with or get a, away from the sparks flying, getting people injured that way. I'd be better probably with if they lost. I know this would be harder to do, lost gravity, or people just get flung around. And, and bang their head or do something like that happens. But side point. So anyway, the battle starts. Uh, Burnham uh, gets tossed into the brig because, hey, she's basically mutinied, uh, even though it really it, it really pains uh, Giorgio, you know, when she gets has to es- get her escorted off the bridge. She gets put in the brig. Um, the reason I was talking about the sparks flying is Connor, who's like the helm officer or whatever, I think, flying the ship, um, he gets badly hurt. And there, there's a nice little scene, and that's what this next audio clip is about. Um, Connor, for some reason, whether he's dazed from being injured or just wanted to see her, he, he, he goes down to the brig, and he's talking to Burnham. And I, and I like this little bit, this little clip here, with him talking to Burnham. And unfortunately, at the very end of this, they get hit again. The ship gets hit again. And there's a big old hole that happens right outside the brig area there, and Connor gets sucked out into space. So bye-bye, Mr. Connor. Um but um, but it's a nice scene, so listen to this. Connor, what happened? The bridge was hit. Who else was hurt? Is, is the captain all right? She told me to go to sickbay. But, but this isn't sickbay. We're at war. You should be on the bridge. I can't help. I'm locked up from mutiny. Why are we fighting? We're Starfleet. We're explorers, not soldiers. Connor, you took a blow to the head. Activate that comm panel and call Dr. Nambu. Yes, I... I need help. Yeah, so that that's interesting. I, I, I again, I like how a lot of these first two episodes of Discovery are kind of struggling with um, both the right thing to do versus the Starfleet rule regulation thing to do, following orders. I mean, that's an that's a classic kind of Star Trek um, Star Trek thing going. You know, Kirk. How many times did Kirk go disobey orders? You know, when he thought that the you know there was a better more important thing or a different reason or whatever you know he he took you know ran spock to vulcan when he went through the pond far against starfleet orders you know and, and just countless times and here we have burnham again um uh, being down in the brig stuck away from the action where you know it's kind of killing her you know she's trying to help and trying to save them and and she's stuck in that situation I didn't capture a clip, but some other good moments here is I, I, I do like Burnham getting her way out of the brig by basically outlogicking the the computer system, right, uh, to get her the computer to open the force fields so she can sort of fly across from these two areas of the ship, even though she gets pretty badly, um, you know, a little, little, little frozen from being out in the vacuum of space for a couple of seconds. Um, she's, she's one tough, uh, human, you know, she gets all that radiation on her, uh, in the first episode, she then fixed, they fix that up. And then not only then, then very, very soon after gets nearly frozen out in space. I think, um, 
even with 23rd century medicine, you know, you'd be pretty messed up a, a lot more than they show uh, in these scenes. I mean, I, I, I would have left her with a burn here or there from the first thing and maybe, a, a, you know, some lingering effects from the freezer burn out in space, you know, but that's just me. I just think that they, I think sometimes they, they've made that a little too easy. And I, I, you know, if it's so like you're almost going to die, kind of, it's not just like you hurt yourself, you scratch yourself or cut yourself shaving. You know, these are major, major, massive injuries, you know, and bang, they're good. Um, again, I know that they have advances in medicine that they've been, you know, has come up many, many times in Star Trek, but just something. Put, her, put a little Band-Aid on her face or something like that. All right, a, a small little thing, but it, it, it does, it does. I think it takes, it, the reason I'm saying it is it takes away from the impact of the whole thing of like what you're putting yourself through, right? What you're risking. Uh, if you just, if you're okay five seconds later uh, uh, or a minute later, then it it, it, it it somehow takes away a little bit from that sacrifice, right? So yeah, that's just my thoughts. Uh, but, um, okay. So the, you know, uh, I, well, I guess I want to say one last thing about that. If people who watch, uh, the, uh, Marvel shows on, um, on Netflix, like Luke Cage, there's a character on there. Uh, I won't say too much, but there's a character on there that got really badly injured and, and she's had to now live with this. And, uh, so that I like, you know, again, it's the modern age, so you can't completely fix what happened to her, but, there's consequences for stuff. So, okay. So we have Burnham now. She's gotten herself out of the brig. Um, she's then, I think, let's see, the next clip. Um, yeah. The, the So things are in bad ways. The, the Klingons have, have really banged up the Starfleet ships pretty badly. Um, so they have this idea to, to go over to the main big, big, uh, big Mama Jama, uh, the big Cleon ship, and, and blow it up basically. And and Burnham gets her way to um, to Giorgio and 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 makes a plea to her that Takovma, the this Klingon leader, basically she says to her that you need to capture him, not kill him. If you kill him, you make him a martyr, and that's not going to fix this or solve this. But you need to take him, take him alive. And uh, Burnham uh, makes this plea to, uh, to her captain about this. So listen to this. Takuvma has anointed himself the next Klingon messiah. If you kill him, you make him a martyr. Someone they can fight for endlessly. That might even be what he wants. But if you capture him, you make him a symbol of defeat, of shame. And if you take him as a prisoner of war, where you give the Federation leverage, to sue for peace. How could you have done this? I believed it was the only way to avoid a full-scale war. When you first came aboard seven years ago, I worried your Vulcan training might someday trump your humanity. Do you know why Sarek asked me to take you on? I was a human who had seen a life of loss, but still chose hope. What an ego I had. Thinking I could pick away the shell the Vulcans put around you. I was so sure I could do it. Even convinced that you were ready for the captain's chair. To think I knew you so little. You want to know how I turned on you? I believed. Saving you and the crew was more important than Starfleet's principles. Was it logical, emotional? I don't know. Let me deliver the warheads in your place. So the the um, the plan gets changed. Um, they they decide to go over there and try to capture Takovma, uh, and Giorgio and Burnham. There's a big conf conflict. There's a fight, and uh, unfortunately, Giorgio gets killed, uh, and then Burnham at the last second shoots Takovma, 
or not quite at the last second, but trying to stop um, him from killing Giorgio. And, you know, he, she gets killed, then Burnham shoots Takovma, and, and, and in, in so doing, basically, then she set this whole thing up that she didn't want to happen. She's created this war now. Um, first, she tried to stop it by shooting first with the Vulcan. Hello, that didn't work. Then next, she tried to uh, go with her captain to capture Takovma. That didn't work. They ended up killing him, and she lost her captain, and she's mutinied. So she's she's things have not gone well, and in this last clip that I'll play for you here in a second, uh, this is the uh, the the Starfleet trial situation or the verdict and all. Um, uh, apparently, they have no lights in these Star Starfleet courtroom trial places because everyone's like in dark shadows and stuff, which is it's it's cool looking, but it's honestly ridiculous. It's just. It doesn't make any sense. It's um, I, it's happened before. It, you know, I really remember, especially in um, in Star Trek Six, you know, with McCoy and Kirk on trial. You know, there there's a like that. I get they're Klingons. It's kind of weird and it's dark and there's smoke and steam going on. But this is a, a Starfleet courtroom. Would it really look like that? I, I it's it's just goofy to me a bit. Uh, I can I can take it. I'm fine, but it still just seems odd. So, all right, here's the uh, the very end of the episode, where basically um, Burnham is found guilty of all these charges, and things are um, her career in Starfleet is pretty much done. To the charge of dereliction of duty, to the charge of assaulting a fellow officer, to the charge of mutiny, to all these charges. How do you plead? Guilty. The accused cannot be heard. Guilty on all counts. Is there anything you would like to say in your defense before a sentence is rendered? From my youth on Vulcan. I was raised to believe that service was my purpose. And I carried that conviction to Starfleet. I dreamed of a day when I would command my own vessel and further the noble objectives of this great institution. That dream is over. The only ship I know in ruins. My crew. our ruling that the defendant, Commander Michael Burnham, be stripped of rank and hereby sentenced to imprisonment for life. Okay, so we're, um, we're done with uh, the first two episodes of Star Trek Discovery, the Vulcan Hello and Battle of the Binary Stars. Uh, the, you know, Giorgio is dead, Shenzo is gone, um, you know, the Burnham's in, in uh, going to prison for life. Uh, not good, right? Not a good start. <laughs> it's uh, But, of course, as those who have watched all of season one of Star Trek Discovery, Burnham is certainly not down, and she's certainly not out of, of this. And then, then we get into the episodes that are what I call like Star Trek Discovery proper. In other words, we're on the Discovery Um stuff happens and uh, well I'll be covering them I don't know if I'm gonna I'm probably there's no way I'm gonna get through the whole first season before season two starts but I'll try to cover a couple of others at least um, two or three others and maybe maybe do some kind of a wrap-up uh, type of show prior just prior to uh, season two coming out which is I think towards the mid to end of January the 19th of January something like that uh, on CBS all access in the US and other places in other countries. So yeah, I, I ran through those pretty quickly. Uh, I was um, 
let me let me try to think back. And I know we've done we've talked about discovery before. We had a Skype call at the end of season one, and and I've given my thoughts, but I, I, I've had a little more time to sort of think on it now. And uh, I do remember that after even these first two episodes of Discovery, I like them. But I wasn't really blown away. Not that I have to be blown away. They were certainly good enough and intriguing enough. But but I, it, it seemed very dark. It seemed very depressing. Obviously, a lot of bad things happened. But I will say that through the rest of the first season, that attitude changed quite a bit. And I, I came to really be totally invested in the crew of the Discovery, the other characters uh, that, that we meet, uh, and, and the storyline that they did. It was a pretty ambitious and pretty crazy, frankly, first season. They they didn't play it safe, uh, which, which is I, I my hats off to them for that. They, they took on a pretty ambitious idea and a pretty ambitious storyline, and I think it paid off. I think they did it they did it really well. And uh, was it perfect? Nothing's perfect, but but it was very 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 good. And I think one of the strongest, like I was saying earlier, one of the strongest first seasons of Star Trek I've ever seen done. And, and certainly gives me a lot of hope and excitement for season two. So I, I, I've always done Treks and Sci-Fi in this podcast to try to encourage people. Or And, and again, I, there's always that caveat. These are my thoughts, my opinions, my viewpoint. You might have a different one. I know still people who said that they've tried Discovery and don't like it. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, I, I'm more appealing to the people who maybe have not watched it, although you should not have listened to this if you haven't watched it. If you have watched it, this was probably just a fun look back at uh, the first two, se- two, two, two episodes, not two seasons, first two episodes of Discovery and getting everyone kind of pumped up for, um, for season two. Uh, and again, the short take things are, are pretty cool, so check those out if you're still subscribed. Or if you resubscribe, uh, you'll be able to watch those. The, they're not going away. The, the, you know, this content is staying on, on CBS All Access. So even when season two starts, you'll still be able to go back and watch season one again. So maybe uh, you know, maybe subscribe a little early, watch the short, short takes, um, go back and watch some of the episodes of season one or all of them if you want before season two. Uh, that's uh, a possibility. I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I may even make my subscription um, a yearly one because it's cheaper. Uh, and they do seem to be pulling in or trying to pull in new content for CBS All Access. So that's encouraging. I, I like that. So uh, those who thought the Discovery was just going to fade away, that just, you know CBS All Access would be uh, a failure and it wouldn't be whatever, you know, they were wrong because <laughs> it's not going anywhere. And I just see great things still coming. Uh, season one was good. Season two, I'm sure, will be just as good, maybe even better. Um, I, I've heard they're, you know, going to be maybe uh, lightening things up. The idea of bringing in the Enterprise with Pike and Spock and all that. And this is all in the trailers for season two. So it's not, in my opinion, and my way of thinking, a, a spoiler at all. But that's a fantastic idea. And although it's probably going to make some fan nerds out there <laughs> get a little nerd rage when the Enterprise doesn't quite exactly look like the original Enterprise and all that. But um, you just got to just got to live with it. This is, this is its own thing. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, I, I certainly did. I'm, I'm, I've really been itching to watch more discovery. It's probably why I really enjoyed that short takes, uh, first episode so much, just because it's like, Oh, it's, it's giving me the good stuff. I, I, I've missed it. Uh, but, um, I think that's just about all I wanted to talk about for this one. I've tried to keep a pretty tight, even covering two episodes and other things. Uh, also, uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi, that's the best way to do it. A dollar a month, you know, which is not a lot. I don't think, uh, would be fantastic or a couple of dollars or whatever. And a huge, huge thanks to those that have supported on Patreon. Uh, I'm going to put up a couple of uh, things on there soon. A couple of posts that I think you guys will enjoy. Uh, so I, I try to do that periodically. I did some stuff from San Diego Comic-Con. So there are exclusive things there that I haven't put up anywhere else. And I'm going to try to do more of that as, as things go forward. Uh, and again, you guys have my biggest thanks. Those are their supporters. Also over on Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com forward slash Trekkie. I've done some live casts, a couple of them in the last month or so. I did one for show 700. I did one for the anniversary show over Labor Day type, Labor Day type, Labor Day weekend uh, back in early September. 
those are all up on vimeo.com forward slash Trekkie. Uh, there are links to this stuff uh, on the main treksandsci-fi.com webpage as well. And you can always email me at treksf at gmail.com. I think that's it, folks. Next week uh, will be a guest spot. Uh, I'm hoping maybe Mark. Uh, I'm going to try to reach out to him today and see if Mark can do a guest spot next um, weekend. And then in two weeks, which will be a little before Halloween, I am going to try to do a video cast uh, Halloween special episode. Not sure what I'm going to cover yet, but I always enjoy Halloween quite a bit. Although this year, again, I'm going to be out in Las Vegas for a big car show, SEMA. Uh, that week of uh, Halloween, so uh, that's uh, I, I I miss giving the kids the candy out at uh, Halloween. So, okay, folks, I'm out of here. This is Rico, and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Treks in Sci-Fi. And tell your friends, tell your friends about the show if if uh, they're looking for a sci-fi fantasy type podcast. A uh, lot a lot of stuff to talk about in the coming months. A lot of cool things happening. And uh, we'll be there to talk about it. I'll be there, and and hopefully you will too. So, um, okay, take care, everyone, and uh, live long and prosper, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. This has been a Rico Dosti podcast production.